Welcome to Women on Wealth, a podcast by women for women. Our mission is to empower women to embrace the discussion around wealth, demystify finance and market-related topics, and break down the emotions that surround these decisions. Your host is Julina Ogilvie, Partner and Wealth Advisor with Principal Wealth Partners. She's a certified private wealth advisor and a certified investment management analyst with over 25 years of industry experience. Well, welcome everyone to Women on Wealth. I am excited for this topic about municipal bonds, which probably sounds a little bit boring to a lot of individuals. However, I think the timing of this is not only going to be educational, but it's going to provide a little bit of insight on what's been going on with the markets. Uh, I think many of us know that we've seen one of the most aggressive Fed hikes in history over the past year or so. And it's had an impact on on everything from savings rates to mortgages. And so with that said, and also with the terrible performance that we saw in 2022, not only from stocks and bonds, I thought it would be great to have our guest speaker today talk about why municipal bonds are so important and maybe in this environment, why they should be an opportunity to look at. So with that said, I am thrilled to have Stephanie LaRosliere. Uh, who is a senior client portfolio manager at Invesco Global Investment Firm. She is the head of municipal business strategies and development for the municipal bond team. She has uh, worked at notable firms such as Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Brown Brothers Harriman, and she received her degree in finance and investments from Baruch College of the City of New York. So, Stephanie, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I got your name. I hope I pronounced it right this time because you did. You did. Great uh, job. <laughs> so, like I said in the introduction, I, I think that you know a lot of people when they're looking at investing in in the world and the opportunities that they have, municipal bonds get overlooked, especially for the younger investors. So, I'm thrilled to have you on because we haven't yet talked about why they're so important. And I think if we can just start with what is a municipal bond in general? Yeah. So. Municipal bonds are essentially the building blocks of a community. Um, They actually play and have historically played a very pivotal role in building the framework of America's modern infrastructure. If we go back to the canals and the roads and the railroads and the westward expansion in the 1800s, all of those were financed through municipal bonds. Um, So when we talk about muni bonds, we're talking about state and local infrastructure components. We're talking about schools hospitals, universities, airports, bridges, highways, water, sewer systems. Essentially, they are debt obligations of cities, states, counties, and other government entities. Uh, When you purchase a muni bond, you're building a school. You are building a highway. You're improving a hospital, sewer system, and lots of good public public use projects get funded uh, by the municipal bond market. And in turn, uh, the income received from munis is tax-exempt, for individual investors. And I think that's really important. We're, we're recording this as we're approaching tax season. And I think a lot of people are moaning at some of the tax implications that they may have. So I think that's a very important piece. And when you talk about municipal bonds, you can invest in a local municipal bond and you and you, you use the word muni, right? We That's, that's yep. a, a term loosely used for, to, to define municipals, but you can invest in a state municipal bond, a town, you can invest somewhere across the country. Can you can you talk a little bit about the tax implication of, of how you choose which municipal bond to own? 
Yeah, so the muni market's sort of uh, split in two. So there's general obligation bonds, which are sort of what you described, right? So local governments, counties, state governments, uh, you know, um, different localities that are government entities that are issuing muni bonds. And then there are the revenue side of the muni market. And those are going to be, I mentioned, the schools, the highways, the hospitals. Um, we own um, Delta Airline, you know, issues muni bonds because of the impact they're having to the economy and different, depending on different projects. So if you do own a municipal bond and you happen to live in the state that that muni bond is issued, then you actually are able to not only save on the federal tax, so you're not paying taxes on the federal income earned, you also won't pay taxes on the state income, uh, pay state taxes to the income earned. And then if you're lucky enough to get one in your individual locality, you also don't pay your local taxes. So you can have up to triple tax exempt where you're avoiding the local, the state, and the federal tax if you're able to get one that is in your individual locality. Now, I will say that that's probably not the norm, right? People, a lot of the times, will get state munis, but finding one in your local town or your local jurisdiction can be quite difficult. Um, and it's not because they don't exist. A lot of times, people have bought them up and they hold them to maturity, right? So um, when we look at how close we can get in terms of the, you know, tax exemption, usually people are looking for at least, you know, federal, if not state tax exemption, especially okay. in the high tax states. Yeah. And I think also one of the, one of the conversations that comes up a lot for individual investors is, is how much they should diversify what they own in municipal bonds, right? So yep. for example, you, your Invesco is managing portfolios with a, a basket of municipal bonds and tell me if I'm wrong, some of them might be state dedicated maybe it's a national portfolio, but that's where investors can choose which one to, to purchase, correct? Yeah, so in the higher tax states where it may make more sense to own a municipal bond, we offer California state funds, we offer a Pennsylvania state fund, we offer a New York state fund, a New Jersey state fund. Uh, so, you know, we've sort of looked at where we feel the tax benefits can be um, more advantageous for clients. And those are some of the states where we found there's a decent enough um, opportunity set of bonds to buy where we can create a diversified portfolio for our clients, which again, as you mentioned, is very important. You don't want to be, um, you know, in a state where there are only a couple of entities issuing bonds because then you have a very concentrated portfolio. So, um, you know, those are the states where we have, uh, you know, the state-specific muni bond funds. And then, you know, a lot of the times we come to clients where they all, they all hear, you know, that they can get the double tax exemption and um, they may live in a low-tax state and they don't realize that, that it can actually get more yield in a national fund because they're not paying so much state tax. So that's kind of where, you know, you sort of have to do the math, right? Um, what is your effective tax rate? What is your state tax rate? Um, and a lot of the times we can find a lot better opportunities looking on a national scale than within the state. I Thank you for saying that. I think it's such an important point. I know we there have been issues with certain municipal bonds over the years. I'm thinking back to Puerto Rico bonds and some in Illinois. And so I think having that diversification is a very strong consideration. It's not just the income that you're getting and, and, and getting tax, you know, tax free. Right. There's definitely, you know, can be credit risk in the muni market. It is not, uh, it's tax-free. It's not credit risk-free. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and can you talk a little bit about the performance of municipal bonds over time relative to other ways to invest, whether it's, you know, people always think of investing and just they think of the stock market. Others think about, well, what I just want to park in cash. 
because I don't want to take risk. Where does where do municipal bonds fall in that realm? Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about municipal bonds, again, we're funding the infrastructure of America, right? So you think about even, you know, the uh, city of Detroit filed for bankruptcy in 2013, right? And city of Detroit had been on a decline for 60 plus years, right? Since the auto industry had left Detroit. And um, the city really tried everything within its means to try to continue to have a balanced budget, uh, to try to continue to pay, you know, all of the, uh, the interest on their debt. And they finally couldn't, right? And I think that that's a big difference when it comes to how municipalities and municipal issuers uh, deal with paying their debts relative to corporate type of issuer. In in the event that a corporate issuer finds themselves in hot water, they they file, you know, that chapter and they and they get rid of it and and they dissolve and the assets sell down and maybe, you know, that entity comes back later as something else. Well, the mini market doesn't have that luxury, right? They require access to the market for a lot of uh their day-to-day infrastructure needs, a lot of operating cash uh, you know, is going to be barred from the market. And then if you if you don't do right by the market, you're going to need that market in the future. So your your best bet is to make sure you're doing the you know the best thing you can for the end investor for the market. And so what we typically have is a market that stands up better from a credit perspective. So if you look at long-term default rates in the muni market, um, the default rate of a triple B rated municipal bond, which is the lowest category of investment grade, sure. uh, is more in line with the highest rated corporate bond. A triple A rated corporate bond defaults at the same rate as the lowest rated investment grade muni bond. And I think that gives you a sense of that mismatch where muni issuers are really, you know, stepping up to make sure that they're paying the interest on their debt. They, you know, resort to default as the, you know, potential last uh, last resort when they they really just, uh, you know, tried everything else. And so I think that that also lends itself to, you know, if you look at the calendar year returns through uh, 2022, we had five calendar years since 1980 where the muni markets had negative performance. Um, you know, that is 90% of the time the performance has been positive since 1980. And I don't think you can say the same for the stock market, um, you know, it's pretty <laughs> volatile there. Um, and then munis also, we talked about diversity within portfolios, but munis also are a diversified asset class. Um, a lot of times they are added to portfolios to help, uh, you know, reduce the, the correlation, especially I think in today's market environment where we tend to see so much correlation regardless of whether you're in, you know, European stocks or US stocks, it's just everything just seems to be moving in very similar directions. So muni bonds tend to be a very nice diversifier as well as a, a ballast in a portfolio. If you are looking to have higher risk investments, munis can really be that central focus that's gonna add Add some, um, you know, more stability of income to a portfolio. Okay, that no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, you mentioned the the diversification not only from stocks in general, but even from taxable bonds. I, you know, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know last year in 2022 the stock market declined, call it 20 percent. Uh, the bond market fell at one point. The taxable bond market fell at one point, I think, 17 percent and then recovered. But it was still down double digits. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think municipal bonds were down about eight and a half. So still down, but different relative to the taxable bond world. That yes. you're, yeah. And, and yeah. I'm so much less 
Um, yeah. Last year, I will say, was the you know the year that you take the rule book and you throw it out the window. Nothing sure. seemed to matter <laughs> other than the Fed and inflation. So I think that that was definitely an 2022 is going to live on as the outlier year where just about everything moved in the same direction. But to your point, um, you know, the magnitude of the direction is also important. Yeah. And Stephanie, can you talk a little bit about um, the magnitude of everything that we've been through with with the Fed action that we saw? And they just raised interest rates again this past week. Uh, we'd love to get your perception on sort of what impact it's had on the municipal market and maybe the opportunity that you might see from this. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, when it comes to you know what's been taking place recently, I think in the last few weeks, uh, the banking turmoil, I, I don't know if I, it's crisis yet, but the turmoil in the banking system has really come to the forefront. And, sure. um, you know, the speed and magnitude with which the Fed has been making their changes has really had an adverse effect on the book that the banks are holding, right? They're holding all of these treasuries, yielding much less than what they can get in the market now. And it's it's not, it's been a mismatch between, you know, the lending that they have to do to maintain the revenues. So um, really, if you, if you think about it, you know, this is sort of what we wanted is things to slow down, but I don't think the Fed intended for banks to um, essentially go out of business, right? Uh, and, sure. you know, that's not, that was not the intention. However, we find ourselves there. And it's, they, you know, the banks that did shut down are not isolated. All of the banks are dealing with, you know, a lot of these different issues. Um, and when it comes to the municipal bond market, we don't have liquidity issues. This is a liquidity issue. This is not a credit concern when it comes to the bank. It's, it's simply the fact that there's a liquidity mismatch. And um, in the muni market right now, we have been, you know, for over a year now talking about the, uh, the tremendous amount of federal stimulus that municipal issuers got uh, following the COVID-19 pandemic. There were a, a number of different bits of legislation, even the Inflation Protection Act. Um, munis got money from, you know, you name it, every program, there was something earmarked for munis. And that totaled $1.6 trillion that came into a $4 trillion muni market. So that was a pretty significant number. Yeah. Um, when, you know, this number kind of came to the forefront, it was the end of 2021. We thought we were going to have an amazing 2022 because credit was sound. We are in a very idiosyncratic market, you know, with this 1.6 trillion, everything was going to be great. Uh, we didn't know the Fed had other plans. We didn't know the Ukraine-Russia <laughs> situation would happen. And really, we were not able to really see any of the benefit from the credit positive story that we had take place last year and even that is taking place now. We're actually seeing a uh, three to one upgrade to downgrade. So for every one bond in the muni market that gets downgraded by a credit rating issue, uh, a credit rating company, we have three upgrades. We're seeing, uh, you know, budgets that have surpluses. We're seeing, um, you know, rainy day funds that are at levels we have not seen ever. So when we look at all of this and we sort of look at the liquidity issues that are happening in the corporate bond market, specifically in the banking sector, the muni market's a completely different, in a completely different place. We're like on a different planet. Um, actually, we've actually traded up since all of this has taken place. Uh, the muni, muni market's done well. Um, what you typically have in these types of environments is that you have sort of a flight to quality where, uh, you know, the market will essentially decide it's not time to have risk on and, and they will flock to more sort of, uh, you know, less risk assets, which usually is treasury. And the munis benefit from that as well, because, you know, a lot of the muni market is issued by government entities. And in these environments, uh, investors like to sort of come to where they think there is a more stable, 
um, you know, outcome as it relates to, to credit risk. So we've actually done pretty well, um, you know, since the banking crisis has taken place. Um, there is no direct, uh, you know, investment from um, from banks into the muni market, or I should say they do hold some munis. Um, however, they are not munis that are going to move the market. They are held um, to maturity munis, most of them, which okay. means they actually, because of accounting, they can't even touch them. To be honest, they would have to like prove that there is like a substantial reason to sell these bonds. Um, you know, and, and the liquidity basket that they have of munis is pretty small. So we haven't really seen any massive selling. Um, you know, prices have gone up. I, I you know, I look at uh, March 10th as the last business day before the banking issues took place. And since then, we have the muni market uh, tighten up, you know, quite a bit. And so we've had positive performance. That's amazing. It's so a couple of things I'm hearing from you. One is, you know, during the pandemic, there was a lot of concern about these municipalities, right? And that sound, it sounds like um, these municipalities are a lot stronger than than before. And now on top of it, you have people that are actually looking at their savings account and going, I know I can get something more, right? And they're choosing other alternatives. Um, treasuries, of course, you mentioned, but municipals are part of that as well. So they're getting more income. And are these prices still discounted? Are, are, are you still finding attractive municipal bonds at, at, at nice discounts because of what happened last year? So what happened last year allowed us to really increase the yields on our portfolios. So we've been able to across the board make, um, you know, almost in, in some funds, you know, 1%, almost 2% increases to our yield. And this is 2% tax exempt. So if you take tax. your tax rate yeah. and you, you know, sort of do the math, we're talking about an increase of, you know, three to 5% and, you know, depending on where you, where you stack up from a tax perspective. So, you know, we have been able to, bolster our portfolios. We have been able to make them stronger. We have been able to add credits that, that we really like to our portfolios. Um, you know, I would argue that because credit, and when I talk about the credit story, it's not just that things are good now. Things are actually the best they've been since record keeping started in 1980. So wow. credits in the muni market have never been stronger. Wow. Um, and right now we have a muni market. If you take that credit story and you say, okay, this is my given in this equation, we should not be as cheap as we are. So right now you're getting a mini market that is stronger than it's ever been for, for prices that reflect things that aren't happening. So I do think it's a great time to look at munis. I do think, you know, and I will say I've been having conversations with, you know, clients and advisors that have been very comfortable being in T-bills and very comfortable being in treasuries and, you know, front end of the curve two years, they're very happy. But, you know, I just caution those folks about the opportunity cost that they're paying. And um, and the fact that, you know, the reinvestment risk there is going to be pretty significant because once you go to roll that, is yeah. that yield still going to exist? Those yields change very frequently. That's a very volatile part of the market. So, you know, for us, we've got funds all across the curve. We've got high grade funds, you know, we've got uh, high yield funds, we've got, you know, but you have the opportunity to lock in a very nice tax exempt yield for a long term period of time. Um, sure. You know, so to me, you know, you set it and forget it. And, uh, and we do all the work behind the scenes. And and just to clarify, when you talk about it, like a, a rolling the yield, like you, you buy a one year treasury, it was paying 4%. Everyone was couldn't believe you're getting 4% in a one year treasury. But it sounds like your expectation is that the Fed is at some point going to stop raising rates. And yeah. if they even <laughs> decline it, then a year from now, that 4% is no longer there. Exactly. That 4% is not going to be there forever, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, you get to the point where that bond, that T-bill matures and, 
And where do you go, right? How do you replace that 4% income? It's going to be very difficult to do that in the treasury market. And at that point, I would argue that, um, you know, the yields in other asset classes may actually be lower as well. So had you taken the opportunity instead of buying that 4%, you know, one year T-bill and bought a muni fund that has a duration of five years and locked in that yield, then you wouldn't have to worry about it in a year, right? And you are locking in the yield that you bought it at. And so you're not worrying about the investment risk um, in a year's time. Okay. No, that makes that makes sense. Thank you. And and is there a specific area of the municipal market that you all particularly like right now? Is it is it a shorter duration, lower maturity municipal? We actually market? like the longer duration part of the okay. market. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. right now we are. You know, you said we hope the Fed. I think everyone hopes the Fed is closer to the yeah. end, right? Like we, <laughs> there can't be much more. There has to be. You know, this 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 game's got to end. We're near point, the end. <laughs> yes. So um, I think we're all in the same camp that we're closer to the end than the beginning. Um, and so we are advocating longer duration, especially when you're looking at, you know, an asset class that has the strength of fundamentals that municipals have. We feel good about taking long duration risk in this market. And, you know, pick your flavor, right? We've got longer duration risk in the investment grade, high quality, you know, if you want to stay there. But again, with credit fundamentals as strong as they are, you know, I even like high yield units as well. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that listeners um, are sensing that the municipal market, just like other specific areas of the bond market, is so unique. There's so many different ways you can approach it, and and how you utilize it in a portfolio. So um, these are all considerations that we talk about all the time here. So I that's that's fantastic. Um, one last question. So we talked about the opportunity now, kind of coming out of 2022 with higher yields and strong. Um, and strong credit. How do you think about municipals longer term? And, and what I mean by that is I was sort of taught when I got into the business that municipals were always a great asset class to own because of the supply and demand dynamic. And mm-hmm. is, is that still fair to say going forward in that um, the demand will be there because taxes will continue to be a struggle for people as they retire? And you know the supply dynamic can support um, the municipal market. If, I would love to hear your answer. (laughs) Yeah, so um, munis, if you want to make more money, you want more munis, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We end up giving, you know, the government, depending on where you live, I I was a New York City resident resident for a long time, and 50% of my paycheck went to the government, whether it's state, local, you know, or federal. Um, And so as your income increases, you're going to want more munis, right? And, And I would argue that even if your income doesn't increase, Look at what your effective tax rate is now and what you're paying. Are you comfortable with that? Would you be happier if you had something that could offset that? Um, You know, we always like to say it's not what you make, it's what you keep, right? You know, if you pay me 100 bucks, but I got to give you back 80, that 100 is not, I'd rather have 30 free, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to municipal bonds, yes, there will always be a buyer base. And I would say 2021 was a record year for munis. We had record inflows into our asset class, $105 billion in that calendar year. And that was driven all by sentiment that taxes would increase. They didn't increase. (laughs) There was a lot of conversation then about taxes. Lots of conversations and no one wanted to be sort of on the sidelines and left out if indeed taxes didn't increase. We know they didn't. 
However, taxes are still high from an absolute basis. So when you look at where taxes are, I think, you know, even if they don't increase, munis still have a, you know, a great use in a portfolio, especially for those high income earners. Um, and I would argue, you know, even for, you know, the diversification benefits, if you will, if, if the income needs aren't as high. Um, but I would argue that, you know, at any tax bracket, some munis are, are going to be um, a nice thing to own anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for all of that. Is is there anything uh, sort of top of mind for you that you'd like to share with the listeners that I haven't asked you? Um, I don't think so. I mean, but when I think of munis, you know, really, it's a pure play on the U.S. economy. Um, when you think about, you know, most folks don't realize uh, how things are funded, right? You look at your your local schools and you look at, you know, everything that's happening around you. I, you know, here I'm seeing construction all the time. A lot of this is funded by municipal bonds. So you can actually look, feel, touch what it is you're investing in. And I think that gives our asset class a, a slightly different look and feel um, relative to others. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I thank you for saying that because I think that's a really interesting point. Um, Stephanie, I really appreciate your insight on this. Thank you so much. So I'm hearing um, that municipal bonds are not a boring asset class, especially right now. Um, And they're a great consideration longer term, especially if you're thinking about your tax situation. Is that fair conclusion? That is fair (laughs) and accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Stephanie, so much for your time. Thank you. Please see the disclosures in the description of the podcast. This is not investment advice and should not be construed as such. Thank you for listening to Women on Wealth, by women, for women. Stay up to date by subscribing to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit www.julinaogilvie.com or join us on Facebook and LinkedIn.